1 Samuel chapter 16, look at verse number 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil uh, and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Now look at verse number 3. Uh, and call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do, and thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto you. So he's about to, he's about to anoint a new king in Israel. Verse number four, Samuel did that which the Lord uh, spake and came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, comest thou peaceably? They're afraid of this prophet because prophets were scary guys. And he said peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord, sanctify yourselves, and come with me to the sacrifice. And uh, he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. Now look at verse number 11. And Samuel said unto Jesse, are here all thy children? The prophet asked Jesse, uh, the, all your sons here. And he said, Jesse answered, there remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. So there's one last son that Samuel is supposed to uh, look over, and they're bringing the son to him. Look at verse number 12. And he went and brought him in. Now he was ruddy. And with all of a beautiful countenance, he was a, he was a nice-looking uh, young man. You think of an Abercrombie and Fitch-type model, that was, that was probably what David looked like. And goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Verse number 13. <clears throat> then Samuel took the horn of oil, and because and, in uh, like a horn, you'd, you'd have oil in the horn, a horn of oil. Uh, you guys with me this morning? You guys awake? You guys need some coffee? We're at church. This is, you guys can pay attention. This is going to get good. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Now look at 2 Samuel chapter 5. We're skipping around a little bit. 2 Samuel chapter 5, look at verse number 3 and 4. So all the elders of Israel came to the king to Hebron, and King David made a league with them in Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for 40 years. Okay, we're going to get to that here in a minute. But I want to know just real quick, how many of you all enjoy waiting? How many of you guys enjoy waiting? No hands go up. That's the right answer. If your hand went up, I would say you're a liar because most people don't enjoy waiting. Um, I can't stand waiting. That's why fast food exists, right? That's why we have fast food in this world is because Americans don't like to wait for things or we don't like to cook and wait for all the food to get ready. That's why there's such a thing as popcorn. That's why there's such a thing as microwaves. That's why there's, uh, in every store you go down, there's an, an, uh, there's an aisle completely devoted to microwave dinners. Why? Because we don't like to wait. And just so I can, you know, not to put too fine a point on it because I don't want to convict you guys too early in the service, but whenever you're in the fast lane, in the highway, on the highway, and there's a slow car in front of you. What happens? Do you get happy about that? There's just something inside of you. Lord bless that person. It's just a great person. They're going slow in the fast lane. God bless them. I can't believe they're just trying to be safe. No, 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 no. 
Nobody thinks that. Well, you, what you think when you look at the slow person in the fast lane, you say, this chump. This guy is holding up. All, it's people like this that ruin L.A. It's people like this. And then you get mad. You swerve into the other lane, and you drive right up in front of him, and you're, you're about to pass him. And this is human nature that we all do. Right when you're about to pass the person, there's something in us that makes us look at the person as we're passing them. Don't tell me you don't do this, okay? We're in church. Don't lie. You look at the person, and you give them a look. And if looks could kill, that's the look you give them. You're like, what is your problem? And then you, woof, you, you swipe right in their lane. Why? Because we don't like waiting. We don't even like to wait for our phone to charge. We as people don't like to wait. But here's the problem. There are going to be times and seasons in your life when we're going to have to wait. Because waiting is sometimes just a part of life. Sometimes waiting is just something we have to do. There are going to be times and there's going to be periods when it seems like nothing is happening in our life. There's going to be periods in our life when it seems like we're not making any progress. There are going to be times when we feel like our life is in a holding pattern, so to speak, like we don't know what to do. That's the question this morning. That's the question. What do we do when we don't know what to do? What do we do when it seems like life is moving, but we're not? What do we do when it seems like our life is just in a holding pattern? Like people around us are, uh, they're moving forward, they're moving forward in their career and all this stuff, the kids moving forward, but we're just kind of stagnant. What happens when, or what do we do when we're, when we're in that waiting period? Let's, let's look at this. So David, the context around this story of David, David, uh, well, let's back up a little bit. The, the nation of Israel uh, wanted a king for the longest time because they were uh, ruled directly by God. Through prophets, they were ruled directly by God. But the, the nation said, well, we want to have a king. We want a king. And so God said, okay, you want a king? It's a bad idea. It's a really bad idea. But if it's what you want, I'll give you a king. So he gives them a king. The first king they get is a guy named Saul. Saul was not a good guy. He was an even worse king. He was not a good guy and an even worse king. He was, he did some, he was always doing stupid things. He was, doing, he was disobeying God. Uh, he did a lot of different things. And so the prophet Samuel heard from God one day. And uh, the prophet Samuel went to King Saul and he said, you are no longer the king because you've been disobeying God. You've been doing this, 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 and this. And so you're no longer the king. We're going to look for another king. And so Samuel the prophet, he goes to the house of Jesse. And he goes through all the sons that Jesse has. And he says, uh, nobody here is worthy to be king. God hasn't told me to anoint any of these people to be king. Is there any other sons that you have uh, that, I can, that I can take a look at and interview? And Jesse says, there's one more son. And he brings David. And David was a shepherd boy at the time. This is the same David from David and Goliath. He says, that's the one. Samuel says, that's the one that God wants me to anoint. So he anoints him king. Can you imagine how David feels? He's a teenager. He's just a little teenager. Imagine your, your child as a teenager being anointed to be the next president or being anointed to be a, a, a king of some land. So, so David's anointed king. Get this, follow this with me. He's anointed king. And that night, as he's about to go to bed, he's probably wondering to himself, all excitedly, this is going to be awesome. Tomorrow, I'm going to walk over to the palace. I'm going to put on my best robe. I'm going to have my best staff with me. They're going to anoint me king. They're going to th put me on the throne. I'm going to get everything I ever wanted. I'm going to get my Xbox uh, One. I'm going to get my PS4. I'm going to get all my Blu-ray uh, collection. I'm going to get everything. I'm going to get a season pass to Disneyland, Six Flags, Knoxbury Farm. I'm going I'm to be the king. This is going to be awesome. I'm going to have Lucky Charms every day, every morning for the rest of my life. This is just going to be great. So he's excited, right? The next day comes. Nothing happens. He's not thrown. He's not, he's, he hasn't made the king. He's not put under the kingdom. King Saul's still the king. Next day passes. He's not the king. A year passes. He's not the king. 
Remember, God was the one who told Samuel to anoint David to be the next king. You know how many years passed before David becomes king? 15 years. The Bible says that he was 30 years old when he began to reign. 15 years had passed. So get this. God anoints David to be king when he's 15 years old or thereabout 15 years old. He doesn't become king even though God is the one who told Samuel to make him king. He doesn't become king until he's 30 years old. Why? Why would a good God make a promise to David that he doesn't fulfill for another 15 years, another decade and a half? He says, you're going to be king, and he's not king until he's 30 years old. What's the point of that? What's the po- Why is God doing that to David when he's just a young boy? He doesn't even know any better because God's gr- he's trying to teach uh, David something that's very, very important, something that's very important for us this morning. He's trying to teach him to wait. We don't like to hear that, do we? Waiting. I don't like to wait. But God was teaching David one of the most important principles and truths that he would ever learn in his life, to wait on God. Not just to wait, but to wait on God. To wait in life. To wait on some things. And maybe you've asked yourself, what do I do when I don't know what to do? What do I do when it feels like nothing is happening? What do I do when it seems like life is moving but I'm not? Wait on God. Our timing isn't God's timing. If it feels like sometimes something isn't going the way you want, like your life is not progressing the way that you thought it would or the way you thought it should, wait on God in those times. When it seems like your life isn't really, uh, your career isn't going where you wanted it to, your family's not going where it wanted it to, like you're just kind of in this holding pattern the Bible says it's that, that's the time where you need to wait on God. Wait for God's timing. You see, our timing isn't always God's timing. Our timing is rarely God's timing. But God's timing is what we need to wait for. Wait on God. To put it to you like this, I, I'm not a singer. I don't like sing that good. Most of you have heard me, you know this. And I've heard some of you, and some of you don't sing that good either. Can I say that? Some of you sound great, though. I don't sing that good. And one of the reasons why is because I have bad timing. I cannot keep timing. There's just something about music. I can't, I can't hear it. I wasn't born with, I'm missing something in my, in my ears where I cannot, I can't, get, I can't get the timing on a song. So I was wondering, and this is totally on the spot, but I was wondering if you guys could play uh, one of the tracks to one of the songs that we just, that we just sang. Any of the songs is fine. Just to understand the timing of this. What, what song is this? Almighty to Save. I don't know where to come in. Do you guys know where to come in? Trying to get it? I don't know. Do you guys know when? You can start singing it. Everyone needs compassion. A life that's never failed. Okay, quit. We're done. We're done. We're done. I can't keep timing. I'm, as you guys heard, it's almost embarrassing. I mean, you guys are probably blushing for me, right? It was just that bad. So what do we do? What do I do? Because I can't keep timing. We get someone who can keep timing, who's really good at it, and we have them lead so that we don't have to because we're really bad at it. 
Now, all of us in our own mind, we're probably like, yeah, I can sing pretty good. I can sing pretty good. But a lot of us, we can't keep time. I certainly can't keep timing. So we have someone to lead us into the song and to keep the timing for us because we can't keep the timing for ourselves. God is saying there's a lot of things in our life that we can't keep the timing for. You know, there's some things in my life I wish that would happen faster. I wish that things would progress in some things in my life faster than they actually are. But my timing isn't God's timing. You see, the timing that I want in my life isn't always what's best for me, even though I think it is. You see, what God has for me, he's trying to lead me. It's his timing that's trying to lead me. He's been around a lot longer than I have. He knows my life a lot better than I do. He knows my future, even though I don't. He knows the things that are going to happen in my life, and his timing is always perfect. I need to wait on that, because when I try to, I try to go by my own timing in life, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to rush it. I'm going to rush it, and I'm going to mess it up, or I'm going to wait too long, and I'm going to mess it up. I need to wait on God. This is something David spoke about and sang about often in his life. You see this, the book of Psalm, chapter 37, verse number 34. This is actually David speaking here. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee uh, to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. And again, uh, David says in Psalm, chapter 27, verse number 14, you see this. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Waiting on God was a common theme throughout David's life. And it wasn't just David who waited. You look at any big character in the Bible, they all waited on God. Many of the great individuals in Scripture had a time of waiting. Abraham waited 25 years for his son Isaac to be born, even though God promised it 25 years prior. Noah waited 100 years for a flood to come. He waited for 100 years for a flood to come. Joseph waited at least two years in prison until God brought him out of prison. Moses waited 40 years until God brought him back to Egypt. The prophet Elijah waited three years for it to rain. All throughout scripture, you see even Jesus, people waiting for God and on God. And you see the correlation here? You see the correlation? In every one of those instances, God blessed the individuals who waited on his timing. God blessed the individuals who said, okay, God, I don't know what's happening in my life. Things aren't moving at the pace and at the clip that I want them to, but I'm going to wait on you, and God blessed that. God makes great those who wait. If you want a corny way to remember it, God makes great those who wait. C.S. Lewis put it this way. He says, I am sure that God keeps no one waiting unless he sees that it is good for him to wait. You see, trust in God's timing. Waiting is rarely fun, but it's always, always fruitful. And I want to encourage you this morning that God is working in the waiting. You see, not only should we wait on God because God has a better idea of what's going on in my life than I do, but God is actually working in the period when we think nothing is going on. God is working in the waiting. He's active when it seems like he's absent. He's changing things when it seems like nothing is changing in your life. He is moving when it seems like he is still in your life. He is there and he's present and he's speaking to you when it seems like he's silent. God is working in the waiting. In the time that we are waiting, God's active. God's busy. You see this second chapter. 2 Samuel chapter 5, then came all the tribes of Israel to David unto Hebron. Now look at what's going on here. And spake saying, behold, we are thy bone and flesh. All the people basically are saying this. Also in times past when Saul was king over us, thou wast he that leddest out and broughtest us in Israel. And the Lord said to thee, thou shalt feed my people Israel and thou shalt be a captain over Israel. So what's going on here? David, at this point, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse number 1 and 2, David's about to be crowned king. Finally, he's 30 years old. But what do the people say? They say, even though king was, uh, Saul was our king way back here, and for the longest time, Saul was our king, 
we wanted you to be king. We were ready for you to be king. And we can see now that God was uh, directing your life so that you could be king at this point and in this time. While David was waiting those 15 years, he didn't know it, but God was actually changing the hearts and the allegiances of the people in the land so that they would be ready for when David became king. You see, God was working in the hearts of the people when it looked like nothing was going on. When David was in exile, when it looked like David was running for his life, God was working in the midst of the people of Israel to get their hearts ready for the time when he would become king. What's the point? When you are waiting, God is working behind the scenes. Sometimes it looks like nothing is going on in your life, but you, you can't see what's behind that. You can't see what God's really doing in your life. In, in, in those times where we say, it doesn't look like anything is going on, trust in God through the waiting period. Trust in God when it looks like nothing is happening. When you're waiting, God is working behind the scenes. Look at Romans 8, verse number 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Let me ask you this question. Does that verse apply to the periods of waiting in your life? It applies to everything else. But does it apply to the times in your life when you think there's no progress? Yes, it does. So God's saying here, when you think there's no progress, I'm working. There's a purpose behind that. Behind the scenes, there's something going on. In the waiting period, when it seems like, when, when, when it seems like there's no progress, when it seems like there's nothing moving forward, God says, I'm moving forward. I'm moving. God is working out what you are waiting for. God's working out what you are waiting for. You may be waiting for a job situation, uh, for a job situation to break through, or a health issue to work out, or a family circumstance to change. Whatever it is, you can trust that while you are waiting, God is working. There's a couple months ago, actually just a couple weeks ago, we went to uh, my wife's family's house for uh, Christmas. <clears throat> and uh, we flew into Georgia and they lived in, uh, they live in South Carolina or something like that. I think they live in South Carolina. And so we drove from uh, Atlanta, Georgia to South Carolina. But on the way back from South Carolina, back up to the uh, Atlanta, where we were to fly out, we wanted to try some, some barbecue. Because that's what you do when you're in Georgia. Uh, and I like food, as hopefully you all do too. But one thing I noticed, this, this restaurant was called Bee's Cracklin' Barbecue. I looked up the best uh, barbecue joints in Atlanta. This is one of the best. So we go over there, and it's just in this beaten down house, right? It's just this converted house, really. But as we walk into this, uh, this Bee's Cracklin' Barbecue establishment, we see off to the side a big pile of wood chips and a lot of uh, pieces of uh, wood. And next to those wood chips and the wood, there's this little shed. And out of this shed comes all this smoke, all the smoke's billowing out of the shed because that is where they start to, that's where they smoke all the food. And so we go into this, we go into this barbecue, and I think we have a couple pictures. This is some of the best barbecue I ever had in my entire life. And this is, this is, this is, this is what the establishment looked like. This is what it said on the very front. It was a really cool restaurant. I think there's a picture of some of the food there as well. Um, but it was, uh, here's a man, look, there's just, we, there's more food than we can eat. Everything's made there, the macaroni and cheese, the, uh, the, the baked beans, everything's made right there. Everything's, it's amazing. They're not paying me to say this, but it's amazing. So you look outside and you see all the food being smoked, all the meat being smoked. Maybe you've been to a Lucille's and you've seen the, 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 all the chicken and the brisket and the ribs, all that being smoked. One thing about all of that though, is you have to wait a long time. Some of those pieces of meat, you have to wait 10 hours, 8 hours, 14 hours, you know, sometimes 20 hours. You have to wait for this stuff to smoke. And you could say, well, man, I just, 
I don't have time for that. That's just, I want it to cook now. And we're in this generation where we're like, I want everything now. But it's wild. It's wild. It seems like nothing is going on in that smoker when the, when the meat is just sitting in there for hours on end, 10, 15 hours, when it seems like there's no, nothing's happening. When nothing is happening, when we think nothing is happening, that's when the most important stuff is happening. That's when, the, that's when the spices and the juices are sinking deeper and deeper into the meat and getting locked into the meat so that when you cut it, that's when all the juices and the spices come out and it tastes amazing. And that's when, the, that's when the ribs start to break off and they just flake off and you have that nice, perfect, smoky flavor coming out of the meat. And that's when you're just, because of all the time, it's waiting and it's smoking inside that smoker. It's the, it's the time that it's waiting in that smoker that's the most important time. And God's saying this morning through the, through the life of David that the time that you're waiting in life, that's when the most is going on. The waiting period is when is the most important period because that's when God is moving. That's when God is working. Sometimes life isn't going to happen at the pace we want. Sometimes our career is going to move slower than we wished it would. Sometimes not gonna, God's not going to answer a prayer right when we want him to answer a prayer. Sometimes you're not going to know which direction in life to take. In those times, wait on God. The wait time is the most important time. When we understand that God is working in the waiting, the easier it will be to trust in him when it seems like nothing is happening in our life. The more we wait on God. Hear this this morning. The more we wait on God, the less we wrestle through life. The more we wait on God, the less we wrestle through life. The more I wait on God, the less I spend, less time I spend worrying. The more I wait on God and give him and give him a, a trust over that area of my life, that period of my life, the less I'm going to wrestle over anxiety, the less I'm going to wrestle over uh, stress and worry and, uh, uh, and, 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 uh, and pain and heartache and, and, and things that I can't control. Because when I give those things to God, when I wait on God, the less we will wrestle through life. This will set you free. When we trust God with the waiting period, it frees us from the burden of everything else. You see, I don't, I don't need to wrestle with the unknown or the future because God's already there. He's already working it out. That will set you free. Every time you start to worry about what's up ahead, give that to God. Every time anxiety starts to creep in your heart and your mind, give that to God. Every time uh, there's something in your life you're like, you're, you're coming up against unknown territory, give that to God. Pray Romans 8.28 over your life. If you believe Romans 8.28 that God works all things for good, pray that over your life in that moment. The, the moment worry starts to creep up into your life, claim Romans 8.28, pray that over your life. God is working in the waiting. The time you are waiting is the time you are becoming. You are becoming in the waiting. That's the time when you're becoming the person God wants you to become. God is developing you in the delay. It's in the time when you think nothing is happening. That's, that's when the most important things are happening. You see, when a seed is planted in the ground, you don't assume nothing is happening just because you can't see it. No, it's when that seed is in waiting in the ground, in the soil. That's when the most important things are happening. That's when it's, uh, it's birthing into something that's new. That's when it's becoming a better version of itself. That's when it's becoming part something that can grow and something that can live and something that can accomplish things and something that can bear fruit. The time that you're waiting, that's the most important time in your life. During the 15 years of David's waiting, God was shaping him into the great leader he would one day become. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 22. David, therefore, this is in the time of waiting. This is in the thick of it. This is when he's running for his life. David, therefore, departed thence and escaped to the cave, Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him, and everyone that was in distress, everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them. And there was with him about 400 men. So you see, one day, 
King David is going to be a leader over millions of people. One day David is going to be the king over all the land. One day David is going to lead military campaigns. One day uh, David is going to uh, give judgment over certain things in his kingdom. But, 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 but God is preparing him way back here to be a leader over just a small uh, group of people. Over a ragtag, uh, a ragtag group of disgruntled people. God is training him to be a leader right here. Why? Because God is developing him in this time of waiting. In the time when it seems like nothing is going on, God's developing his life so that he could be the person that he needed to be when he was king. You see, God is developing. The waiting period might be the most important parts of your life because God uses those times to grow us into the person that we need to be for the next step in our life. I love how the, the author John Ortberg puts it. What God does in us while we wait is as important as what we are waiting for. I don't know what you're waiting for. I don't know what breakthrough you're waiting for to happen in your life. I don't know what progress you're waiting to happen at your job. But the waiting period is just as important as the thing that you're wanting to change. What if God designed your period of waiting as a period of healing? What if God designed your period of waiting as a period of uh, growth? In the times of waiting, and this is, this is, this is, the, this is, the, this is the, tough, the, the tough part of this. In the time of waiting, the enemy is going to tempt you to get angry at God. When it seems like nothing is happening in your life, the, the enemy is going to try to tempt you to get angry at God, to grow anxious, to worry, to give up on church, to become jealous of others, to give up on your family or your marriage, to give in to discouragement. You don't need to worry in the waiting because God is working in the waiting. He is developing you. He knows right where you are. He knows what you're going through. You see this in Job chapter 23, but he knoweth the way that I take. God knows what direction your life is heading into. He knows if you're waiting right now. He knows if you wish, he knows that you wish something would happen. He knows the way that you take. And when he's tried you at the right time, he's gonna come, you're going to come forth as gold. You see, a precious metal that's been placed through a refining process comes out of that process stronger, not weaker, brighter, not more dull. It comes out of there more beautiful, not less beautiful. It comes out of that refining process more valuable, not less valuable. And God has put you in a waiting period. It's because he's building your life, not, not breaking it apart. If God has you in a waiting period, he's trying to build you. He's trying to edify you. He's trying to make you become the person that he knows you can become. God hasn't forgotten you. He is forging you. It's been said that God doesn't work through you. God wants to do a work through you, but before he can do a work through you, he has to do a work in you. He has to do a work in you. God is working in the waiting. But look, at back, look back at our story because God, God wasn't the only one working in our story. Look at verse, 1 Samuel chapter 23. And David, David's men said unto him, Behold, we be afraid here in Judah. And remember, he's in, exi he's in exile right now. He's running for his life. Everyone's trying to kill him in Israel. But look what he does. Behold, we be afraid here in Judah. How much more than if we come to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord yet again, and the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into thine hand. So David and his uh, men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines and brought away their cattle and smote them with a great slaughter. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. What's the point? While David is in exile, while the people in Israel hate him, he is still going to battle on behalf of his own nation, the nation that is trying to kill him. He still is going to battle. In the period of waiting, he could have gotten bitter. He could have said, God, you're not doing what you promised you'd do. God, I thought things were going to turn out differently in my life. 
I'm just going to give up. Instead of doing that, he says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually, I'm going to fight for the people who are fighting against me. While I'm in this time of waiting, not only is God going to be working on my behalf, but I'm going to be working in my time of waiting. David is working in his time of waiting. David understood this terribly important and sometimes forgotten principle to keep working in the waiting. You may be waiting for a prayer to be answered or a problem to get resolved or a chapter in your life to change. But while you are waiting, keep working. While you're waiting for God to move visibly, keep working. When God has us waiting, that's the time to prepare. God told Noah that the flood was going to come 100 years from now. During that time, the uh, full 100 years, Noah is building an ark. While uh, Moses is waiting in the wilderness 40 years, he wasn't sitting on his hands. He was working as a shepherd doing what God wanted him to do as a shepherd. When Joseph was in prison for those two years, he wasn't doing nothing. He was helping, if you remember the story, the baker and the butler and interpreting dreams. He was staying busy. He was working while he was waiting. You see this all over scripture. The characters of the Bible, not only did they have a period of waiting in their life, but they worked while they were waiting. They kept busy while they were waiting. When God has us waiting, that's the time to prepare. Keep working in the waiting. Don't give up in the waiting. Don't, don't just say, oh, well, this, things aren't going to work out. I'm going to wait for God to work something out in my life. Keep working in the waiting. You know some of my favorite coffee shops, some of the nicest restaurants I go to, which isn't often, but whenever I do go to a nice restaurant, one thing I notice about a restaurant, <clears throat> when there's downtime, you don't see the people, the employees, start chatting with each other. When I'm at a coffee shop and I see that there's downtime, I have my drink and I'm studying or I'm working on a sermon for that week and I, I see some of the, the, people, the, the, the baristas or who, the employees and nobody's at the, nobody's at the register paying for a drink. You know what they start doing? They, start, they, they get a rag or they get a, a dustpan, they get a broom and they start cleaning up. They start to clean up when there's no business, when nobody's in line, when there's nothing happening. They start to they stay busy because they're working in the waiting. When the, the period of when, when, when nothing's happening, that's when they get busy. Even though they don't have to do anything, even though they could just sit on their hands, even though they could just chat with each other, even though they just check their Instagram, Facebook updates, they're working in the waiting. God's telling us this morning, if you're in a period of waiting, if you feel like nothing's happening in your life, keep working in the waiting. Keep going in the waiting. Don't, don't, don't get discouraged. Don't give in to work. Keep working in the waiting. Prepare for God's progress in your life. Get busy where you are with what God has you doing. It's so easy to look towards the next thing, the next place, the better situation, the different circumstances, when God wants us to grow right where we are, where he's already put us with what we currently have. And in due time, if we work while we wait, God will lift us up. God will bring, up, uh, uh, bring us into that next chapter in our life. If you want to reach the next stage in some part of your life, be faithful in the stage God's already put you in right now. Be all in at the job God has you today if you want a new job. Take care of the house God's already put you in if you want another house. Be a good steward of the money God's already given you if you want him to give you more money. Be all in at the church God's already given you. Keep praying for that unanswered prayer, and God will answer that prayer. Waiting on God, as Tim, Kim, Tim Keller says, waiting on God is to be busy in service to God and to others, all in full acceptance of his wisdom and timing. Work while you're waiting for God to move because God has promised to lift up those who wait. Lift up, uh, keep waiting in, or keep working in the waiting. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 5. This is something I want to show you. Book of verse number 3. This is finally when we come to his coronation. So all the elders of Israel came to the king to Hebron. 
And King David made a league with them in Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed King David over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years. So David, he's, he was in this waiting period for 15 years, but he stays faithful to God. He trusts in this waiting period. He trusts that God is working in the waiting. He trusts that God is developing him in the delay. He trusts that while he's waiting, he's still going to keep working. And what happens? 15 years go by. The moment God is ready to make him king, he becomes king. After 15 years of waiting, God brought the nation of Israel together to finally crown David as king. God followed through with the promise that he had made to David 15 years earlier. In his time, God gave the victory to David. You see, when you wait for God's timing, he will always give you the breakthrough. He'll always meet your needs. When you wait on God, he'll answer the prayer. He'll give you direction. He'll lift you up. Those, uh, this is, this is who wait, those who wait for God win with God. Those who wait with God win with God. To see this truth, you need to look no further than the life of Jesus. You know Jesus waited 30 years before he started his earthly ministry. Jesus lived 33 and a half years on earth. For 30 years, he did nothing, at least from what the Bible tells us, except grow in wisdom and stature. He didn't perform any miracles. He didn't call any disciples. He didn't even start preaching or teaching around Israel for 30 years. It wasn't until he was 30 years old, and for three and a half years, he had a ministry throughout Israel. He healed people for for 30 years, Jesus was waiting and developing into who the Father wanted him to be. You see this Luke chapter 2, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He was being prepared in that time. In the waiting period, God was working on him. He was growing him in wisdom and in stature. One day, Jesus would go on to raise the dead. One day, Jesus would go on to debate with the religious leaders of the day. One day, Jesus would go on to die on a cross. One day, Jesus would raise himself from the dead three days after he had been crucified. And you see, all of this was accomplished because he had this time of waiting. He allowed God to prepare him and to grow him in wisdom and stature, and this was accomplished. You see this in 1 John chapter 4. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him, here in his love, here in his love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Jesus was being prepared for the day that he would become the propitiation for mankind, Literally, that word means substitute for mankind. He would become a propitiation, a substitute for mankind. For our sinfulness, uh, our sinfulness would be exchanged for Jesus' righteousness. Our, uh, our judgment that we deserved was uh, substituted for God's, Jesus' judgment. Jesus was judged on our behalf. Jesus paid for our sin on our behalf. Jesus became sin for us who knew no sin. And everything God gave Jesus to do, he accomplished it. Those who wait on God win with God. You see this in the life of Jesus. You see this in the life of these great Bible characters. And certainly you see this in the life of David, Isaiah chapter 40. But they that wait upon the Lord, let this sink into your heart this morning. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. How do we get the wings as eagles? How do we run and not be weary? How do we walk and not faint? How do we get the strength that God promises? By waiting. The periods of waiting in your life, that's when God's working behind the scenes. That's when God's doing something. So be faithful in those times because God is working in the waiting. 
like an eagle that is lifted up. When we wait, eventually God will lift us up. Eventually God will bring us into the next chapter. Eventually God will give us the breakthrough. Eventually God will answer that prayer. Eventually God will get us through that period of uh, delay because he wants to develop us and he'll give us uh, the destination. So we come, we come to the life of David and we see that he waits and waits and waits and nothing happens. For 15 years, nothing happens until he becomes king. You see in this what I want to show you in this is, is, is a picture of what God is talking about in Isaiah chapter 40. Wait in the Lord. He'll lift you up. He'll give you wings as eagles. And, and when you are in that waiting period, which, which I'm sure seems like a valley, which I'm sure seems like a low point, if you wait on God in that low point, you wait on God in the valley, you let him work on you, you let him develop you, you let him do what he needs to do and only he can do, and you stay busy and working in the waiting, eventually God's going to lift you up. Eventually God's going to give you wings as eagles. Eventually, eventually it's, it's just like that man, eventually everything's going to come into perspective. You'll be able to see, okay, that's why God did that. That's why I went through that waiting period. That's why things didn't move, because God was preparing me for this moment. In the periods of waiting in your life, God is preparing you for the moments that he has greater things for your life. So don't, don't, don't give up in the waiting period. When you wait on God, eventually he will lift you up out of the place, out of that valley. And hear me out, this is the end. When God lifts you up, it will not be in spite of the wait. It will be because of it. The await equips you for the wait. 